Hi friends, Brad here, the lead pastor of a church called The Table, and we are so glad that you've taken time out of your busy week to be with us. One of the things we love about The Table is we do things just a bit different. Meaning, over the course of this message that you're about to hear, you're gonna hear questions that we pose to our people in real time. And we are gonna give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. And so we hope this message moves you forward in your faith If you're interested in learning more about The Table or you want to contribute to our mission, head on over to thetablejoliet.org. Well, good morning, Table friends. So good to see you and thank you. Thank you for being part of this and braving the wilderness out there to come and join us this morning. So glad you're here. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors, and it is our mission here at the table to guide you forward into a forward-moving relationship with Jesus. And just so you know, the reason why we chose the word forward was because we get it. Whether you've never or you've been forever following Jesus, um, we know that whether you're starting or you're stuck, all of us get to a place where maybe we're not moving the way we want to be. And so our goal is simply today to move you forward, to give you a better understanding of who God is in your life, and maybe, just maybe, you could take one step closer today. So before we begin our time together, I have a couple things. Uh, As you know, we love, we love, we love to celebrate at the table. And so I am so pleased to announce that last week, uh, when I stood before you, we were halfway to our goal of reaching a hundred backpacks to give away to kids within the community. And it is my pleasure to announce to you today that we raised over 120 backpacks, which is over $3,000 that you have given to your local community around. And we should celebrate that this morning. And I love, here's a picture from yesterday. Uh, We had a wonderful day together as uh, we had plenty of people come and serve and to pass out backpacks. And it was just a great day. And what a joy and honor it was to serve our local community. So thank each of you for your generosity and kindness. Uh, The other thing that I am pleased to announce today uh, is uh, in the process of coming to the table, uh, we hired uh, this lady named Jill, which... Some of you know her, some of you don't, but she is amazing with kids. She works, like, honestly, just unbelievable and so thankful for her. But when I hired her a year ago, um, her agreement with me was, she said, you need to make sure that uh, you just keep looking for somebody else because I'm not qualified. Well, little did she know, I had no intention of looking. Um, And I said, okay. But uh, we happened to, um, happened to volunteer to do mock interviews for uh, a college not far from here. And in those mock interviews with people, I ended up coming across my first interview, this young lady named Emily, uh, who was lights out. And I was just amazed by her interview. And I just said, hey, if you're interested in coming and checking out the table, uh, feel free. This was last fall. And she came in the fall, checked it out. We continued talking. And uh, next thing you know, she came again in January. She met our staff. And we decided that she was just so great that we wanted to hire her just out of college. And she was just married on Friday. So here's a picture of Emily, used to be Warren, now Yeager, Emily Yeager. Her and her husband are joining us August 23rd. And she'll be here actually today at some point. But we are so excited to announce that she'll be our new children's pastor. Can you give her a warm welcome this morning? 
All right, well, you know where we are in this whole conversation. We are in week three of our series called Things Jesus Never Said. And you've probably had somebody in your life come up to you and quote the Bible. And you stood there and you thought to yourself, where in the world would I find that quote? Because I've never heard that before. Only to go back to find out that it's not in the Bible. And I think we not only do it with the Bible, but we do it with the life of Jesus as well. A lot of times we take the stories of Jesus, the sayings of Jesus, the life of Jesus, and we kind of fit him into our narrative to make him say what we need him to say. And a lot of times Jesus never actually said what we think he said. And so the first week we worked with this idea of doubting is dangerous. Did Jesus really say that doubting is dangerous? And we landed on this conclusion based on the story that we looked at with Jesus and Thomas that doubting leads us to a deeper relationship with God. That's what we landed on. Last week was an intense discussion. I promise you today will not be as intense. So I apologize for the intensity and the immensity and the magnitude of last week's message, which was I'm on your side and a lot of times we think god is on our side and not their side and every conversation begins with they especially today and we learned last week that that is just not necessarily true and so i'm not going to give you the spoiler you can go back and watch that if you weren't here but today we're talking about something that is very important to me because it's changed the trajectory of my relationship with god and with jesus and so i've entitled today's message heaven is why I am here. Heaven is why I am here. So would you pray this morning as we begin? Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to stand in your presence this morning, to acknowledge uh, your goodness to us, that you care about us. You hear us in the middle of this pandemic and crisis, and you are not aloof, you are not distant, but you are present among us. I pray today that our our hearts would be receptive, our ears would be open, and our minds would be renewed. May these be your words. In Jesus' name, amen. So in 2011, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Christian pop culture kind of music, but in 2011 there was a song that came out that, by the way, is extremely catchy. Uh, it will be stuck in your mind. You will be singing it the rest of the day. In fact, I was singing it this morning and last night, and it just can't get it out of my mind. But the reason why I think we like this song that we're about to show you, and I'm not going to show you all of it because it takes forever. We'll get to the main point in the song. But I want to show this song because I think it captures for us what so many of us think to be true about our faith and so I think we like it because it speaks about a future for us and I want to just let's just dive into it because it's going to guide our conversation today so here it is well uh, let's talk about this song for just a few minutes uh, here are the words that just stick out to me I don't know what's more disturbing the words or the, or the glove <laughs> is anybody else disturbed by the glove I don't know if we were going for a Christian Michael Jackson motif but it definitely not working. Anyway, uh, here's what he says. He says, all I know is I'm not home yet. This, referring to where we are right now, is not where I belong. Then he says this, take this world, and I want you to hang on to that word, world. Take this world and give me Jesus. This is not where I belong. Now, I think we 
enjoy and love this song because it gives us warm fuzzies about leaving this disastrous place called earth and we get to go somewhere where we sit on these amazing clouds and we hang out and everything is perfect and nothing will ever go wrong in fact this is the sentiment that is given to us about our this is the sentiment this is the future given to us uh, by this song and listen to what people say i love this this is so crazy you can find these on youtube i just borrowed a few of them it says funny thing happened today i heard this song on the way to school and in my abnormal psychology class we covered disassociative disorders which is funny because the first line is sometimes I feel like I'm watching from the outside anyway didn't make sense to me but it did to him but we Christians know that there is another world more real than this one and we are hopeful and excited to be there someday next quote this isn't where, this is not where any of us belong. It's just a passage of time until we meet our Father in heaven again and reunite with that never-ending love that has been bestowed upon us. They continue. I love this. She had OMG, but uh, we changed it to Oh My Goodness, because I'm sure that's what she meant. Love this song, such a declaration song. And I, I wrote my notes, a declaration of what? And she goes on to say it, we don't belong to this world, we're just passing through. My favorite, that's it, waiting room to heaven. That's what we're doing here, we're just waiting, waiting room to heaven. You ever been to the hospital? You know how fun waiting rooms, aren't they? And you wait, and you wait, and you wait. Never mind, you're having a heart attack. Four hours later, we'll see you. Anyway, I'm not home yet because my home is in heaven. That was what somebody else expressed. And I think we have, do we have one more Maybe, maybe not. No. And here's what I want to work with this morning. You know we love to talk during the talk. I don't want to put things in your mind uh, that you don't want there. So I want to give you a chance to talk about it. I want you to either talk about it with the people around you. I want you to take notes. Or if you've got a piece of paper in front of you, just write down or text somebody your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, things that you feel when you hear this song. Talk about that for a minute, and then we're gonna get into it. I don't mean to ruin your dreams and your hopes and the fact that you love this song, but one of the things that this song expresses is that this just this place isn't for us and that we belong somewhere else. And what we're learning as Christians and what the church has taught us is that heaven is why we are here. That the only reason we exist on this place is to go somewhere else. And, and this is really the tension that I think we wrestle with. And if you're like me, this was the struggle I had with my faith. That heaven is really the, no pun intended, soul goal. That heaven is the soul. And you can spell it S-O-L-E if you prefer. But heaven is the soul goal. 
If you're like me, you grew up in a tradition where people essentially told you, hey, Jesus came to earth. He died on the cross for your sins. He was resurrected from the dead. You need to be sorry. You need to ask him into your heart. And then one day you will get to go to heaven. And I remember feeling like, okay, I, I did this. I did this whole thing. I asked God in my life. Now what is going to happen? I guess I'm just waiting to go somewhere else because this place is really terrible and horrible. It's kind of like Zoom. You've had meetings on Zoom over the last five months. I don't know about you, but I'm sitting on them and it's like this glazed over look. Like I cannot wait to be somewhere else. I know I'm here, but I want to be there. I want to be somewhere else. And I'm thinking about where I'm going to be 30 minutes from now and not where I am right now, which is how I think we perceive our faith. I'm not really excited to be here, but I can't wait to get there. Which is funny because I wonder, is that what Jesus really says. So this morning I want to dive into this account written by a guy named Matthew, and Matthew was a real guy in real time in history who, by the way, had a wonderful job of taking your taxes. And, um, you know, it's really kind of a dark job, I would think, to be taking people's money, who, by the way, didn't even have money, and by the way, they were your fellow countrymen. You would take from them, you would take, put it in your pocket, but also give to the people that were oppressing you and enslaving you at the time. Pretty good job, huh? And so while he's thinking about the fact that, you know, his life is pretty dark, he probably doesn't have a future, Jesus meets him at the tax booth right in that moment, right where he was, you know, essentially uh, laundering money from people. And Jesus says, hey, I just want you to come and follow me. And so Matthew decides to pick up his life, he decides to go out, and he decides to follow Jesus. And when he does, he begins to write an account, an eyewitness account of Jesus' life in such a way, by the way, it is one of the most captivating accounts and letters and books that I've ever read in my life. It's the longest one, but it's my favorite. Because in it, Matthew has a phrase that he connects with Jesus. In fact, the phrase that you will find over and over and over in Matthew's account is this thing called the kingdom of heaven. Now, when we get excited about reading the Bible and reading the book of Matthew and we see kingdom of heaven, we think, oh, this is the place where we're going to go someday. Matthew is talking about the excitement and the joy of floating on clouds and eating gold chocolate and all these other cool things. Kingdom of heaven, that's what we're talking about. But Matthew grew up in a tradition where God's name was so powerful, so reverent, so amazing, they were so in awe of who God was, they couldn't even use God's name. So Matthew comes up with this phrase, the kingdom of heaven, to refer to God. Let's put it this way. Simply put, heaven is God, and God is heaven, and wherever heaven is, that is where God is, and wherever God is, that is where heaven is. Are, are you with me on this? And so the big quest for Christians over the course of their life is, well, where is heaven? What is it going to be like? Which is why Matthew says, hey, I want you to hone in on this conversation that Jesus had with a bunch of people listening to him at this moment, and here is what Jesus says. Now, I know if you've been in the church your whole life, you've heard this. If you've not been in church, you know this. Jesus says, our Father in heaven, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. May heaven come. May, may God, wherever he is and whatever he is doing, come. Your will be done. Look at this, say it with me now. On earth. 
on earth as it is with God or as it is in heaven. He continues, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. We also forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, we have prayed that prayer our entire lives. And my question to you is this, what is the focal point of this prayer? Maybe the better question is this, where is the focal point of this prayer? Funny. He says, on earth. Notice it's not like the song we've been listening to where it's, we get to escape, we get to go somewhere else, this is not where I belong. It says, God seems pretty interested in what he's created. God seems pretty interested in what happens right here in this moment, at this time, on earth. So, so let me connect this for just a second. Have you ever misread somebody's body language or demeanor? Have you ever been walking in a hallway? Maybe it was, maybe it was at church. Maybe it was at your job. Maybe it was at school. You're passing somebody. This is somebody you usually talk to every day, and they don't look at you. They don't wave to you. They don't talk to you. They just go right by you. And what do we do? Immediately, we're like, oh my goodness, what did I do wrong? Why are they mad at me? What did I do? And it turns out a, a day later, a friend comes to you and they say, hey, I found out what's going on with Susie Q or Johnny B or whatever his name is. And um, turns out that they, they lost a family member. Turns out they've lost their job. It turns out they found out that they've got a diagnosis with. And immediately uh, you feel sorrow for them. You're sad for them. But there's a sense of relief, right? Because they're not mad at you. And we have a phrase for this. We often say this. When somebody gives you information or news that helps you understand something better, we say, thanks for shedding light on the situation. Thanks for shedding light on the situation. And what I love is this. When God creates this place that we currently live in called earth, what is the first thing that God creates? It is light. Now here's something interesting about light. Light is not something that you can actually see, but light is the thing by which we see everything around us. So imagine this. If God doesn't call light into the world at the very beginning, guess what? Imagine what God's world would look like. Just close your eyes. That's what it would look like. It's the absence of light. And just like as God calls light into the world... Just like that, like-like, God is not somebody that we can see. But his creation becomes an expression of what he is like. So when God brings light into the world, he is showing us who he is. And I love this. Uh, my, my friends that are Franciscans, I love their theology here. They talk about the earth as the first Bible. You see, we often talk about the Bible as a way of understanding who God is. But they talk about the earth, which, by the way, is long before the Bible, as a way of understanding who God is. And so in creation, we find the very essence of God, the very being of God. This place that we look out expresses who God is to us. 
And so while we're busy singing songs about escaping the world and going somewhere else and doing something different and hanging out where nobody else and no other problems are going to be, it seems to me that God creates something and he calls it good. And he says, this is my playground. This is where you get to experience adventure. This is the place where you get to have joy. You experience life in its fullness. There's beauty. There's goodness here. There's a lot of opportunity. Sounds to me not a place that you'd want to escape and go somewhere else. And so my question to you is, uh, let's just take a couple minutes before we end our time together. I want to know, how do you perceive the world around you? Is earth or creation important to you? Why or why not? Talk about that for about two minutes, and then I'm going to connect this to something even bigger. this thing out, shall we? So let me just say this up front. Um, when I'm really passionate about some, some, something, um, a lot of times I come across as angry. I'm not angry. I'm just really excited today. So maybe I should smile and make this whole thing better. But we've been talking about this idea that within the Christian faith, we've been taught that heaven is our sole goal. Heaven is the only reason why we are here, and that's to go somewhere else. But I think we're beginning to discover over the course by looking at what Jesus teaches us to pray and what we find in creation when God shed light on the world, essentially shedding light on what he is like, um, we find that this place is really important. And so if you're like me during this quest for faith or this question of what God is wanting me to do in this world, I begin to think like, what is, what is the purpose? If the earth is so important to God, then why are we here? In fact, this is the question we often ask. I want to know what God wants me to do with my life. Where am I headed? What am I doing? Will he let me know what he wants me to do? Come on, God, speak to me in this moment. And so I find it interesting in the prayer that he gives us. He says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy, uh, thy name. Thy kingdom come. And then he says this, your will be done. In other words, God, whatever it is you want us to do, that's what we'll do on earth. And so if you're like me, you're asking the question, well, what is God's will? What is the whole point of me being here? Which is funny, because right before this prayer that Jesus gives us, he says something really interesting. In fact, he says this, he says, I am the what? I am the light. Are you catching this reference? This is a reference back to his father God who created the world. This is a reference back to him saying, hey, I want to shed light on something for you. And listen to what he says. Whoever follows, whoever 
does what I do, whoever begins to live the way I live, will never walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm shedding light on what you are called to do in the world. By the way, this is why we show up every single Sunday. is because it's an opportunity to know what Jesus really said. And we find within this, he begins talking about the importance of having really good relationships with people. He talks about knowing your neighbors and loving people that don't really like you. He talks about forgiving people that have hurt you. He talks about loving people that we can't stand, which he calls our enemies. He goes on to talk about that there are people who need care and compassion and love, and we need to stand up for the poor and the oppressed and those who face injustice in life. He goes on to tell us, listen, you should not judge people. You should probably just look at yourself. Just start there. And then he goes on to tell us, hey, listen, out of all things, I don't want you to worry. Because worry's going to waste what's really worthy of your time, and I just need you to know you're not adding any time to your life by worrying. And Jesus goes on and on and on, and he begins to share more and more and more. And what he begins to express to us is that when we actually take these words serious and we do his will or we follow him, we begin to shed light on what heaven is like. That somehow, when we begin to do these things, heaven is finding its way to earth. I had a young man I was mentoring, and um, he was on his way to the mentoring meeting, and when we, we were actually kind of talking about this subject, heaven was one of the conversations we were having, and so he was sharing a story with me that he had just gotten a, a couple days ago into a fight with somebody that was really important to him. And so he was saying, you know, I would... I was just trying to give advice. I was just trying to help. I, I was doing what I thought was right. And um, it didn't go so well. But he said, I, can, I, I just sense the tension. You know this, right? When you're fighting with someone, you sense the tension. You feel the weight on your shoulders. There's this, like, this lack of peace in your life. There's a lack of joy if you fought with your spouse, a friend. Like, you know how hard it is to be joyful about something when you know something's not right with somebody else. And so on his way, he tells me, he said, on my way, I decided to call this person and just say, hey, I am sorry. I want this to be okay. So he did. He talked to this person and, and everything worked out. And so I just said, hey, tell me more about this. Because, like, to you it's just a little phone call, but let's talk more about this. How did you feel when you called them? He said, well, um, man, the, the weight was gone. I, I felt a sense of freedom. I felt happy. I noticed things were right. I noticed that there was peace in my life. I said, now, now connect all those words, all those descriptors that you just gave. Weight lifted, freedom, joy, happiness, peace. I said, do you know what you have just experienced and brought to the relationship? It's a taste of heaven. It is a taste of what God wanted you to do. And you have brought something that most people would simply ignore. So this morning, here's what I want us to understand. 
heaven is not the sole goal. Heaven, going to heaven, or going somewhere other than where you don't belong, is not why you are here. Heaven is why you are here, but it's because heaven is here. And you know, we've been talking a lot about light, and I know it's a little bit theologically heavy, and you know, you know we, I don't want to lose you on this, but think about this. We have this first movement where God is light, and he sheds light on what he is like, and then he sends his son Jesus, which says, I am the light of the world, shedding light on what we are to do in this world. And then Jesus says to you and to me, he says, you are the light of the world. And in this moment, he is saying to you and me, you are shedding light on what heaven is like every single step of your life. I need you to quit thinking, this was so exciting for me. Rather than just waiting on something, I had the opportunity to do something. See, faith is not about what you can't do. It's about what you get to do every single day. And you can either be a person that creates a living hell, which, by the way, we're going to talk about next week. We're talking about suicide. I'd love for you to come for that conversation. You can either create a living hell or you can be a person who brings about heaven on earth. So here's my question for you. What will you do with God's will? This is the challenge for you this week. Where are the things in your life that you need to make right? Where are the people? What are the opportunities? What are the chances that you have to do what God is asking you to do? To bring about beauty, joy, freedom, excitement, adventure, hope, a different future in this moment. Because when we collectively as a whole when we collectively, as a community, step forward, we are shedding light. And we are making a difference. We are changing the world. And by the way, that's what Jesus said. Table Tribe, as we end our time together this morning, I want us to remember that the table is for you but it's also for the people that aren't here. And so we pray this prayer this morning. Lord, bring somebody across my path who needs to know you. Give me the eyes to see them, the ears to listen to them, the arms to embrace them, and the heart to love them well. Amen.